right, guys. We are on first episode of Road Dogging. Giving this a shot. We just got the studio set up. Everything's squared away. And I'm going to act like I actually know what I'm doing here. As you can see, I've already got my first guest, Eric Thomason, hashtag pro. What's up, dog? What's up? Congrats on the uh, studio and the road dogging. I am uh, excited. This is this is a long time coming of, of playing around with and trying to figure out um, how I was going to make my mark and try to leave something more than just fishing tournaments. Um, you know, I, I, this is something I've thought about for quite a while. And, you know, it, this really didn't kind of take hold and something that I was really serious about until I had a conversation with Jody Queen in Alabama. And me and Jody were talking about um, how we were going to, you know, kind of do more than just fish tournaments. What was uh, Jody was talking about his legacy in kayak fishing. And, um, you know, I, I want, you know, thought about, hey, you know, what's what's my legacy going to be? So I started talking to Jeff and and Lambert and Road Doggin was born. So, well, well the great thing about <clears throat> about the community and, and what what you've done and what you'll do in the future is you've got a tremendous amount of, of really interesting people. So as far as, you know, airtime and guests and and content topics, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of endless. You know, you've got a fan base of fishermen that are starting or, you know, just getting into it and looking at you for, you know, motivation and advice and things like that. And then, you've got the respect of the upper echelon uh, community, you know, whether it's, um, you know, um, you know, Russ or uh, Drew Gregory or Christine or Jody or, you know, whomever that may be, you know, you, your, your name is right up there with those, those folks. So I think, uh, you know, the opportunity for you to have some fun instead of being on the other end of getting interviewed after you've done well in events, which you've had your, line share of that and i've had a little bit of that over the over the course of the year so um i hadn't, hadn't performed up to my standard the last season but that, that's fishing you know <laughs> that's I'm that's more, part of it you're right i'm but, playing a little bit more golf than i than i than i did the last couple of fishing seasons so i'll I, use that I, I as an excuse <laughs> i don't know the last time i played golf when when we weren't together you, you seem to be the person that gets me out and, and playing golf so uh, yeah. that's kind of my relief from fishing when when fishing gets a little bit uh too too serious and you know i start having those hashtag bullshad meltdowns and uh you know got gotta kind of get my mind off fishing a little bit so but you, you hit it right on the head that's you know kind of the goal of road dog and i've talked about that with uh kbn and um some some other stuff i've done of you know what the purpose and why i thought this would be something that would be beneficial to you know kayak fishing and you know kbn and, and all of that is just you know this is my 10th year since i started fishing tournaments uh, kayak tournaments alone so i've i've seen a lot i've you know I, i've experienced a lot you know I, I try to be the person that fishes as many kayak tournaments as anybody every year there's been a couple of years where i've had 50 tournaments and a lot of years where I've had 40 tournaments and, you know, this is going to be another one of those years where I'm going to try to hit 50. Um, 
I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it, but I had a very good start at the start of the season, had like, you know, 30 events in the first 24 weeks or whatever. So, um, I feel like I've just got, you know, I feel like I have the, the knowledge and experience at this point to, um, comfortably put something together to where I, you know, if I was not the one recording this, I would be like, you know what? So-and-so is doing a podcast. Let's, let's listen to it. So I finally feel like, um, you know, I know that's the way I treat YouTube is like, I go on YouTube and it's like, I've never heard of this person. I don't really, you know, and everybody can learn from everybody, but there's, there's something to be said about, Oh, there's so-and-so, you know, G G man has YouTube, you know, let's, let's go on there and see what he has to say about throwing a buzz bait around. So, you know, that's kind of the way I looked at it. If I fished enough and did enough, then this would come, you know, a lot more naturally and I could, you know, it made more sense to me to do it now versus five years ago. Well, I think you got to look at two things. You've got relevance. You're very relevant within the community from a performance perspective, but you also got from my short stint in this, which is about eight years now, uh, you've got, you know, some local guys that we know that have had successful YouTube channels, you know, kite catfish in particular, and, you know, you look at, well, what makes them successful? And it's, it's, it's the entertainment value. It's not necessarily how good you are at, at what you're doing, but it's, you know, are you entertaining? And, 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 I, and, you know, give him credit, you know, there's, there's certainly relevant educational things within his channel that I think fishermen are looking for. But I think, you know, you've got a group of people that are like, you know, here's a 10 or 12 year old kid. Hey, go watch catfish while I'm getting dinner ready. And, you know, you got a 30 minute break from, you know, the kid yelling at you what's for dinner. So I think, you know, you've got both those going for you and you, you know, you've been on his videos as well, you know, at times and it's, it's fun, you know, because you're, you know, you, people think we're entertaining, but we're just really fishing and being ourselves, <laughs> you know, it's just, which is, you, know, you kind of wonder about it, but it, uh, it is a whole new ball game to, to do something live like that with somebody that has a following for, for entertainment value. Because if, if we go live, it's, you know, a handful of people that I know personally and then I fish against or whatever, and they'll be like, Oh, let's see what Jordan's up to. You know, he, he don't go live a whole lot. Let's figure out what he's doing. And then you go hang out with kayak catfish where they're basically like, Oh, it's almost six o'clock. I bet, I bet Justin's going to go live. And as soon as you get on there, there's people sending them money, just oh, yeah. random things and just the most random things you've ever seen, period. And it's 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 fun because it doesn't seem um, it, it's not the norm to just go live and there be a bunch of people see you and just want you to do stuff like I could see the the, the thrill in that and the the the. the I don't know what you would call it, the, the, uh, the entertainment value of it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You, you look and there's 500 plus people in, you know, in that live chat. And then as, you know, pro moderator, I'm trying to determine who's talking, to, <laughs> who's talking to us, who's talking to each other, what's relevant. And then you got people that are saying stuff that's inappropriate and you're blocking them so they can't say anything else. I mean, it is a, it's, it, you, I mean, you really have to pay attention and I, you know, I don't care how good you are. You just, there's, it's, it's rapid fire and you miss stuff, you know, as you're, as you're, you know, trying to manage that situation. But, you know, this is, this is a little different because you can kind of pace it in, in the manner that you want to pace it. You can come and, and kind of have a, a carte blanche session, which is kind of what we're doing where we're just kind of, you know, talking about whatever we want to talk about, or, you know, you can have a set agenda of you know what you want to talk about especially if you've got 
you know, a guest that is, is really good at a specific technique or, um, you know, just, just, you know, Hey, tell us the four, five, you know, five or six funniest stories that's happened to you this year, you know, on the road, you know, whether it's tournament related or non-tournament related. And I mean, you know, that's, uh, there's always, you know, some drama in this in this bunch. So we we will definitely get into that at some point because I, like I said, uh, you know, obviously the reason Eric is my uh, first guest on Road Dog, and for those that don't know, we have spent a lot of time on the road together. We have went to Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Wisconsin, Canada, New York. Um, we we've been a lot of places and had a lot of fun and had just um a lot of honestly there's probably not a better way to say it but other than just a lot of random things happen you know it's it's you know road dog things as i like to call them there's just there's it's not normal it's just things that that happen and you know i want to cover a couple stories specifically i'm sure uh eric's probably got some that he wants to say as well but um you know first off i want to appreciate you coming on here you know obviously there's nobody i'd i'd appreciate more being being the first guest and the actual person that kind of gave me the road dog nickname from driving around and sleeping in my truck so i you know appreciate you for coming on here and uh i appreciate jeff and and ryan for getting me squared away getting me set up with the with the system here and uh appreciate my mom and dad for helping me but insulate this whole, yeah, you know, my murder shed, as some people have, have delightfully called it. It looks a lot nicer than a murder shed now. Y'all can't see, but this is nice. You know, we got we got insulation. We're not just sweating in here and just not trying to die in the in the southern heat in a little uh, shed. And uh, we're we're nice. We're 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 moving on up in the world. You know, the joke at work is we like to call it high class white trash. So we uh, we moving on up. So. You know, there's a lot of people I need to thank for all of that, and uh, you guys. It looks like it looks like it could be the boom boom room at, at the at the Savoy. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that uh. <laughs> so uh, here's here's a road dog story. So uh, me and Eric have been watching uh, Banshee, and uh, it's 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 a pretty good show. It's um, I don't even know uh, H- HBO. I guess is is the app we've been watching it. We 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 watched Netflix and um, and HBO and and Hulu and and golf. And Eric has an iPad and he throws it up there on the uh, on the console. You know, we move. You know, enough where the where you know cup holders are. We throw an iPad up there and just cruise down the road and the next thing you know you just finished a 14 hour drive and you're not really that tired so driving all night it's it's the way to go it is professional professional way to go so that's that's one of our road dog pro tips we're going to start doing road dog road dog tips <laughs> and uh road dog reviews y'all know i love eating at all these crazy places when i'm when i'm out of town we're gonna have road dog food reviews since everybody seemed to love that when i was in sweden of me just just randomly talking about the crap that i was eating when i was over there which blew my mind that seemed to be what people just made the most comments about even while i was over there those those pictures on facebook just had the most uh traction and when i got back you know i still uh, somebody's like, oh, you know, you going anywhere soon? And Sweden gets brought up, of course, because I can't shut up talking about it because that's just kind of how that goes. 
And, um, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing what you were, you were posting what you were eating over there. And I'm like, they didn't see the pike I caught. They didn't see all the big team pictures or anything. They just saw what I was posting while I was eating. So I guess that's the one thing that kind of ties us all together is, is, is eating things. So road dog reviews on some random eateries. Y'all know I like to get ice cream and, uh, Eric is our pro chef when we're out of town. He's our, uh, Saturday night steak night, uh, professional cook. He's our, uh, Bobby, uh, what is it? Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Flay. Flay. Yeah, Bobby Flay. Eric's our Bobby Flay horn out of town. Him and uh, Pro Neighbor. Pro Neighbor always ends up making something weird, though. It's it's good, but it's 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 got Pro Neighbor's fingers all over. You know what I mean? Eric's laughing because he knows what I mean. Y'all don't know what I mean. Pro Pro Neighbor will bring us. Uh, we'll have some nice steaks, and uh, they like I said, they taste fantastic. But Pro Neighbor will be like putting putting Asian zing and putting a little flavor on them. You know. I just I just like a piece of meat, man. Cooked it and grilled, slapping on a plate. We throw down. Um, I <laughs> pro neighbor uh, <laughs> one time at his rental house at Chickamauga, you know, hyped me up. We were having steaks, and uh, <laughs> he, he made these steaks. I wasn't paying attention. I was getting stuff ready after day one, and I go in there and sit down at the table, and he's like, "All right, here's your steak," and it was one of those uh, from Butler and Bailey, those little hamburgers that were that were steak hamburgers that were ground up that he had been calling steaks all day and i kind of looked at it and i was like dog i said you're killing me he said i was expecting one of them big old steaks like eric brings all the time you done cornhole me got got me mouth water i end up with a six ounce hamburger patty that's been grilled like a steak i was uh i ate a little extra salad that night i was all i was all tore up yeah, we we uh we don't skimp. We we're we're prime. We're we're wagyu. Um, when uh, what was the, what's the cat's name that, that came to South Carolina with us that brought those amazing steaks? Oh so my good. goodness! Shout out Paul Roberts. Paul Roberts. Uh, yes. Bass oh Bass Bass and Brews. I think uh, is the name Bass Kayak and Brews. Oh, he's gonna be mad at me that I can't think of the name of that. Yeah. The name of that. He just texted me and it's asked. It's not Bass and Brews, but it's something along along those lines. But he, I mean, he had a buddy that that uh, has a, a farm and and brought straight up legit cowboy ribeye steaks with the rib in the steaks, and I think each one of them weighed nearly two pounds a piece. I mean, I one of the better steaks I've had, and then the next day I, I you know I couldn't finish mine, and I, I put it in a wrap for lunch, and that's probably one of the best on the water lunches I've ever had in my fishing career was eating that leftover steak and in a wrap. It was just fantastic. But uh, that that was one of the absolute best meals, and uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but we almost burnt that rental house down. I, well, <laughs> we, we, yeah, yeah, we had a little issue with maybe some smoke damage we had we took the fire detector off the wall because uh they didn't have a grill and so i had to to utilize the stovetop cast iron oven method and uh sometimes some things smoke up and you know we had we had 40 knot we probably had 40 mile an hour winds running through the house because we opened all the doors and uh yeah we, we got accused of damaging that house they tried to keep our security deposit and and charge us a little bit more but i had a conversation with the fine folks at at the evolve and uh let them know that if they didn't pay me back i was going to drive to south carolina and have a discussion with the owner 
Um, so we got, we got evolve is not our favorite places to employ lodging from to say, no, I, I would highly, you know, support VRBO straight up evolve is a little bit of a train wreck. Um, but you or, know, or better yet, find, find you somebody when you go to these places and, and book it, you know, book the place. And then if you like the place, just, just try to get their phone number and hit them up, you know, like, like Daniel everybody. has, yeah, yeah it hel helps everybody. So that's, that's our, Pro recommendation number two. We're just slinging knowledge out here on That's right. Road Dog in episode one. <laughs> so um, we'll 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 hop right into this. Um, what uh, how how do you think the the season has went so far? What what's your what's your review of the of the year so far? I know you mentioned you know you haven't had the the most ideal year yourself. You're kind of teetering on the the TOC qualification. I I believe you might slide in there, but you know, you don't have to talk about your own, you know, fishing events, but just, you know, what do you, what do you think of the year so far? We've had kind of an interesting year in, in kayak fishing in general. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to have been around long enough to see it evolve from, you know, the grassroots to the regional type stuff to the national type stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, obviously I've been very, kind of parcel to Hobie BOS. Um, I would say, you know, they did a lot of things right when they made some of the changes that they did. And I think they made some things um, worse and I think they realized it and they've tried to kind of salvage it. Um, you know, I think, you know, it, it's, it's almost so saturated that there's too many tournaments. You know, it used to be there wasn't enough and now there's too many. It's just like, you know, we were talking, I don't have anything, you know, really planned this weekend. And you're like, well, I'm going to either fish down Gunnersville at the big bass deal, or I'm going to go and fish, you know, up there with those guys in Tri-City. So you had two options that are, you know, pretty much local for you, you know, somebody that doesn't mind driving a couple hours to fish. Um, you know, historically, I liked having that break from, you know, October, November to February, March to not fish and obviously you know, a lot of the guys that fish hunt they could do their hunting and all that stuff i don't really hunt and i do fish all year but to feel like you have to you know fish tournaments to you know for me it's it's almost like a shoe-in that i'm going to qualify for state you know every year with 10 cat not not tooting my own horn but like this year i didn't fish all all the events because i was traveling fishing national events and i just kind of snuck in I had a win and a second, you know, and you typically, if you've got a win and a second in your local club, you're not going to have any issues getting in. But, you know, the, the good thing about the quality of fishermen, I think has gotten way better over the years. I think, you know, the bad thing is when you look at the season as a whole, you know, probably the most bizarre event for me of all of the events was Harris chain. You know, go down there, have probably one of the better practices I've ever had doing something I'm really good at, you know, and I went Saturday eight hours and didn't get a bite. <laughs> and, and what was weird about that is you were around a lot of guys that, that, caught, that caught limits yeah. and, and, ha and had solid limits. And yeah, yeah. Um, Christine, Christine launched with me, Guillermo launched with me, Sisto launched with me and Pro Daven launched with me. And they all were, you know, top 20 after day one. And I, didn't I mean, you, 
you uh, didn't you weren't like right beside anybody that caught like 108 inches or anything that first day but you were around people that caught fish yeah yeah uh, well <laughs> I, I can remember you know so my dog was sick and you know i was dealing with that and you know and i but i'm still competing and fishing hard and of course you know there was i think a 30 or 40 boat tournament came out of that same ramp and you know how that place is you know you're in these you know grass channels you know we, we call it you know dicking around in the weeds so to speak so i'm dicking around in the weeds you know trying to catch fish and i come across a blind spot and there's a bass boat there now we got 27 pounds on this black blue cinco and i ain't caught a damn fish <laughs> i was like good job guys <laughs> you know, I, I continued my eight hours of casting with no fish so and, and that was the first event of the year too that was you know you, you mentioned oh you know they told you black and blue cinco and at that point first event of the year everybody was being so strict on the on the information rules that you, you couldn't just go throw a, a black and blue cinco or whatever else you know because everybody was you know, so, so up, uptight about that. And since that, well, that's been changed, but well, you know, that was, a little bit, that was unsolicited. That was, you know, two guys competing in a bass boat. I didn't, I just, you know, just being polite saying, Hey, how you guys yeah, doing? Man. Hey, we got 27 pounds on black blue sink on. I'm like, well, I got no bites on nothing I've thrown, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that was interesting. But, you know, the flip side of that is, you know, we both kind of, decided to make that a one-day event and we got to play golf with you know a buddy of mine on sunday down there in orlando area at a nice golf course so you know the moral of the story i golfed like i fished that day i didn't play particularly well that day <laughs> but uh i uh I, i've you know i've kind of gotten gotten my old game back and i'm playing much more consistent you know this year but but you know um i i think it's it just seems like it's gotten more difficult you know, for me anyway, and I'm not, you know, I'm obviously not upper echelon like, like you, but you know, I've had some success. Um, and it's live scope. It's, you know, it's guys making better decisions. It's, I think depth of quality people in the field. Um, and you know, um, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me, the whole motor scenario, um, I'm anti motors in, in theory, but damn, I love my motor. I mean, I, you know, I, I went up, went up the Holston river, you know, Monday, cause I just wanted to kind of knock the, the badness off the Wisconsin trip and, you know, had a great day, motored four or five miles up river, you know, and floated back down and caught two, two smallmouth over 20 inches and a 17 and three quarter and a bunch of other 15, 16 ers and, you know, um, love the fact that where we live wanting to fish moving water we can use those motors to fish by ourselves and go up and float down whereas typically that creates i need somebody to pick me up or we got to do a two-car float or you have to be particular about you know what what you decide to do but i get hope the, get the old uber if you're in a nice town like that's Nosby. right that's right my hope is that you know i and, and you know, I, he, Jordan knows me. I, sh I try to sh shoot straight. I believe there are two relevant trails in the country nationally. I think it's it's Bass now with with what they've done, and Steve O. You know, kudos to him and Hobie. I don't really you know count KBF as being relevant now. I know that they get participation. Others would disagree with me, but that's just me. And I, I'm interested to see what happens next year. Um, in respect to motors because i i've heard more than one angler 
and quality anglers at that, you know, make comments like, I'm not going to fish another event that doesn't allow motor because I've got a two or $3,000 setup in my trunk I can't use. And I never really looked at it that way. But that that certainly, I think, is, you know, is a, is a, is a very interesting topic. And, you know, I, I'm fortunate that I'm in a financial position to do this without putting a tremendous amount of thought in it. But I was just talking to my financial guy this morning we had breakfast together and we were talking about how expensive everything was just for everybody across the country and i said look i said i spent on average four bucks a gallon three tanks up three tanks down just to go to wisconsin not to mention entry fee lodging food you know we had we had a little much a little bit too much for the friday night at the milwaukee at the milwaukee burger company um, you know, so, and I've even had this conversation with AJ and, and even Steve to say, look, you know, these two day events that you have to travel for, you're, you're a thousand dollars in before you step out the door. And, you know, even if you go and you fish really well and you get a top 10, you know, you might get enough to cover your trip, you know? So it's kind yeah, of right. a, it, it, you know, I, I'd love to see a trail that had serious payouts that weren't legitimately redistributing entries. And I think we're still a ways away from that. And, yeah. you know, and, it, it, and honestly, it may never get to that point simply because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for sponsorships to monetize kayak fishing. Yeah. You know, because I've always said, I've always said this, I've had this conversation with guys, you know, that, you know, locally that are super good fishermen that don't fish nationally. It's a hobby and it's yeah. secondary, you know, and if, if, if you've got something planned, you just, you know, like Matt Miller's a great example. He had vacation planned with his, with his girlfriend and didn't fish, you know, Mississippi river. And that's probably a perfect place for how he fishes and what he does to prepare for a tournament. He probably would have done really well up there. And he's yeah. even considering maybe not going to TOC because he's probably going to be hunting during that time, which, you know, that's totally his, you know, decision, but it's, right. you know, I, I think for the vast majority of the general community, it is, it is a hobby that has become something that you can take it just a little bit further, but with the exception of, you know, a handful, say Christine and, drew and maybe jody and russ and cody and you know i'm probably leaving somebody out but you know they've figured out a way to monetize this and do it you know kind of for a living but even with that being said you know they're they're camping you know they're they're living incredibly frugal you know yeah. uh, they're not staying at vrbos like we are they're not eating out and doing fun stuff like we do because this is kind of you know, we're taking our picks as, as to what we decide to, to participate in. But I I do believe there's enough room for two trails. I wish that the grassroots guys, the national guys, and, you know, uh, the, the community would come together and, and consolidate rules where they're all the same rules, especially when it comes to the fish pictures. Because, you know, my yeah. goal is I want your fish to count. You know, the hard part is yeah. catching them the picture critique shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't be the difference maker for some. And, and, and I think that turns some people off, especially newer anglers. If, if something happens, 
So I wish right. they would. Unif- I wish they would unify the rules. And I know there's been some discussion about that. Um, and I wish that um, the national schedules would 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 break quicker so that the grassroots clubs could take those schedules and say, look, if we've got two or three guys that we want to participate in our local club that we know are probably going to try to travel, you know, this particular trail that we can schedule opposite weekends of those out of town tournaments so that these guys can participate locally. Cause you know, that's where we all started and that's important. And I think, you know, and you know, this, I mean, we fish a bare bones. I think guys are, are like, you know, they're excited that you're in it and I'm in it because they're competing. Against oh guys yeah. That that's, done- that's one of the more fun events, you know, I've fished this year is going and just, um, throwing the, throwing the Kusa on the, on the trailer and just going and floating. And I don't have to worry about, you know, batteries or, or motors or, you know, anything or fish that finder live scope. I don't have to do anything. I just go and throw a kayak in the truck and a handful of rods and, and just go fish. And, you know, what, one thing, um, you, you mentioned the fish pictures and I was, I was victim of the, of the fish picture cluster this year. And, and, you know, out of the, you know, 10 or 12 trails that I've probably taken part of in some way, shape or form this year, I just happened to submit a fish picture in something that was legal two years ago in that trail and, and, you know, wasn't legal this year. And, you know, it was kind of a, you know, discrepancy of, of interpretation of, of how that was, of how the rule was stated. Um, cause you know, I, I've done, done this long enough. I know why the rule was stated the way it was and, and why the, the picture was that way, but it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't, the rule was not written in the sense of how I broke it, which is why, you know, I, I took issue with it, but in the end it, it doesn't really matter, but I would like to see things that make sense across the board. You know, you, you would think by now that, um, you know, similar to weigh-ins with bass boats, I, I doubt there's very, very few differences in how you weigh a, a bass boat tournament when you get your fish in versus how, you know, we have all these different ways to measure fish where pinch the tail, don't pinch the tail, you know, touch, you can touch any, you know, around the mouth but you know everybody knows you can't put your hand under the gill plate you know don't cover the eye that kind of things but you know it's the little things like like touching the tail pinching the tail hand past the past the anal anal fin you know it's 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 little things that can be consolidated more and more and more and to me to me to me it's an easy fix right i mean it's it's an easy fix and it doesn't take much agreement you know i'm i think the easiest fix is don't touch the fish you know, you know, does that make the picture a little bit more difficult? Probably. But does it take away so much of the other stuff? It takes it all away. Somebody has a question that they think somebody's caught the same fish twice. You've got <laughs> the full fish. So you can see the specific markings on it. To me, that's pretty, pretty simple. But to your point, I think t- two weeks in a row, I think when you had your fish DQ'd, it popped me up from third to second. And then at uh, another local event, I didn't get back to the ramp on time and it was disqualified and I went from third to second. And, and of course, neither one of those situations was about catching the fish when you were supposed to catch it and how you're supposed to catch it. And, you know, that's, that's what's most important is, okay, did you catch it in the, you know, within bounds? Did you catch it within time frame of the tournament? And did you catch it on the artificial lure? And if the answers to those three questions are yes, 
you know, it's almost kind of like, you know, splitting hairs when it comes to, you know, exactly what was going on. And I know what you did, and I've never seen that before. I don't know, it's legal in some trails and not in some. And, you know, and I've had I've had people call me like, hey, man, you know, after I've gotten the email, you know, saying that my fish has been accepted, saying, hey, somebody else has looked at your fish, and do you have another picture of it? And I'm like, well, wait a second. Why did you send me an email, you know, um, as many tournaments as I've fished in, you don't hear me complain about much. You know, my my expectation is my entry fee to that tournament makes me a customer of that event. And it's the director's and administration's responsibility, whether I do well or not, to give me a reasonable experience. And so that's kind of how I look at it. And I, I'm not super vocal about stuff like that, but certain things it's like wait a second here you you know you you know the way i look at it if you get an email from tourney x saying your fish is accepted you know that's it you know there shouldn't be you know a, a third or fourth or fifth or sixth set of eyes to say oh well he's done this or look at this or maybe this is that and, and all that kind of stuff and i get that you know you can make a mistake i'm not saying that you know there's there's not mistakes made when people are looking at fish, but, um, well, Lambert had a good, well, not a good example, probably, probably a bad example in this situation of, of that happening where he got a fish approved and almost eight full hours after he caught the fish, if I'm not mistaken, the fish gets DQ'd. He's already off the water, you know, left, he, he left the event early, which is, you know, you know, p people do different things. I, I leave early. You know, it, it is what it is. We got a long drive. Lam Lambert had something to do. He was driving back to the uh, airport in Nashville for uh, back from Kentucky Lake. So he, as soon as he got his limit, he left. He's like, all right, I got my TOC points. I got my limit. All right, time to go. And then he gets gets an email later. Hey, you know, your, your fish is DQ'd. It's the one, one you caught the day before. And situations like that, it's like, you know, those apps do a lot of things now. Like Tur Tourney X is fantastic. Dwayne's done a great job with it. But, you know, you would think by now as many things that pop up where you can't submit the same fish twice in the same day, how can you submit the same fish two days back to back and, and it doesn't catch it? Because, you know, that might, that might keep him out of TOC or that might keep somebody from getting a check. You know, things like that, you know, or, or specific to the kayak fishing community and well, like the, are, are the, the weird. Deal, I mean, you don't know how to handle weird. those. Well, the deal, you know, the deal that was, you know, talked about with Swindle's nephew, you know, in the bass boat world where, you know, he was doing well. And then I think he was first or second boat and their process was they checked boats one and two for insurance and he didn't have the proper amount of insurance. So he gets disqualified and they say, okay, well, it was a rule. And there's, you know, what, maybe 200 boats in that event and the other 198 boats didn't get checked. You got to tell me that everybody was compliant. And, you know, my point to that is, you know, when Pro Neighbor got fish disqualified for editing, you know, he was moving. The yeah, he, he was he fish. was turning, turning Correct. the picture. So, you know, a lot of times yeah. for those that don't know, we take pictures and sometimes they're sideways or upside it's down. Yeah. He wasn't cropping them or anything. All he was doing was rotating them. So it showed up on Tourney X correctly. And it was something that apparently he did for like a year or two. And it well, never became an issue until that specific event because yeah. he edited them to turn them. 
in the 30-minute window between lines out and last submission because he didn't have service and he was catching fish and did it in that little window and they caught it and DQ'd it, which blows my mind still that that was that. Well, and, and to my, the, the reason I brought that situation up was uh, just like the the motorboat scenario where, you, you know, you know that some other people didn't probably have the proper amount of insurance but didn't get checked. I, I talked to Holly. Holly said she always edited her pictures when she fished an event. I talked to Justin Johnson. He always edited his pictures for this event. And like me and George, like we're just taking a picture. We don't care if it's upside down, left to right, right to left, whatever. As long as we got a, what we feel like is a good picture. Yeah, I'm, we're, we're I, I'm full sin. Out, yeah. out, backwards, flip flop, inside out. You know, I start just sending them. I take like 30 pictures of every fish and they just. They, I just start sending them like, like taking off at NASCAR. They just start yeah. sending a hundred mile an hour as soon as it goes. And I think, you know, what you, what you run into, and we run into this in a local tournament where depending on the circumstances, they're not looking at all fish equally because somebody's out of contention and they're not going to get a check, but maybe they get two or three fish counted that they shouldn't have. Um, you know, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not being critical of, of a mistake, but my thoughts are if you had unified rules from grassroots all the way to the nationals, just on the photo, then at least it's consistent throughout. No matter where you fish, you know what the expectation is. And then that is kind of more angler responsibility, which I'm, uh, you know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. it's kind of like wearing your life jacket. You know, why does that need to be a rule? That's just stupid in my mind. Yeah. If you're going to be on the water, it's dangerous situation at times. You need a life jacket, you know, and I, and I understand. And, and again, some of the, safety- it's one of those things to keep people from, I guess, suing somebody in case somebody sure. does something stupid. I get it, but you shouldn't, you're right. You shouldn't have to have a rule. Hey, if you go out before dark, you, you should have a light. Hey, if you're out in a kayak on Kentucky Lake in May or June or whatever lake or month you want to say, put a life jacket on like that. Like that's a simple thing. It's like, you know, put, put the seatbelt on when you get in your car, you know, you shouldn't have to explain that. Like that's a common sense kind of thing. Yeah. So I think, you know, you, you, you've got, you've got some very good rules established. You've got some that to me fall under, you know, angler, um, angler responsibility. I want to say there was a trail, a local trail that said, you know, they evolved to using motors but wanted to require to have wanted to require you to have a paddle. You, you know what? I mean, you know that that again. I mean, you know what I'm saying? With you know, what are you going to do? If this guy motors around all day, comes back safely, and catches a bunch of fish. You're going to disqualify him for not having a paddle. For not having a a, a backup trans transportation. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, and and it's like you know, and it's funny because you know everything has had this. Everybody's had something happen to them where you know, you could argue that you broke, broken the rules. What if you leave your kayak to go use the bathroom and you're not supposed to leave your kayak? You know, that's technically against the rules. What if you've got a fly? Hey, you, 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 you can get out of your kayak to use the bathroom as long as you're tethered. Well, maybe tethered. you got to drag the kayak up the bank with you. <laughs> and then, you know, the other one is, you know, how many of those Vizio flags have I broke in my fishing career? You know, I start the day with a flag and end the day <laughs> It's not a flag. Those those <laughs> flags. If, if there's ever somebody, I, y'all have had to have seen that flag that I have. It's it's it's. I've got an American flag. I know a lot of people have seen the American flag that I've got behind me. 
that thing I've had for maybe three years because I never had one that worked properly for more than maybe three months. And I finally just started duct taping them together. I mean, that thing's got zip ties holding the flag onto it. I've, I've replaced that bulb a few times. I don't know how many sets of batteries I've went through, but the whole thing is just duct taped and zip tied together because those things are, are, are terrible is what it boils down to. There's, I don't think that there is a single good quality that, flag that, that flag rail, and light combo. That Railblazer is, is as good as, as I know because it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, I don't know, 18, 20 inches tall and you, you know, you're not breaking it. You know what my problem with that thing is? It doesn't flex it is, at all or? Well, it, 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 the attaching and detaching of it is, is terrible. That's a terrible I mean, it's, design. It's, it's a little tiny button. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't get, look at that. I got fat, <laughs> I got fat redneck fingers. I can't get in there. Look at that. My yeah. fat sausage fingers. I can't, I can't get in there. I, I every time I borrowed that from you, I think I borrowed your boat or something. I couldn't get it on and off. I just left it on there the whole time I borrowed your boat or well, whatever the, I did. The, I I couldn't I couldn't get it. The knock on that, the, you know, I I don't have an issue with detaching and detaching it. I think it's actually pretty clever. The problem with the light is, is once you turn it on, it is a absolute you know what to turn it off. It's got the little tiny button that you hit to turn it off. You hit it once and it starts flashing, and then you hit it a second time and it turns it off. I mean, it's literally like I mean, it, it's it, it's yeah. probably it's an eighth, not- it's probably an eighth eighth inch long. It's never lined up where it's easy to get to, and it takes a severe amount of pressure to get it to actually turn the thing off. Yeah, I I think I think the whole the whole deal the the light hitting the little button and trying to get it on and off and detaching and and, and hooking it up I just it's better option know. than Divizio. Let's just go on record, which is not hard to do. I just I just I wrap that thing up in duct tape, right? So you have all the individual parts. I got one part that's doubled at the bottom. It's duct taped. I got the flag zip tied to the pole, and the, the top is duct taped to hold the little pale uh you know kind of bulb cover on and i just fold all that up and then just shove it down in my black pack rod tube and that's the best way i've found and of course luckily for me it the uh pole is not perfectly straight because it's been uh it's it's seen a bullshit meltdown or two over the years so it's 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 kind of it's kind of crooked and uh it's it, it stays out of the way perfectly. I just put it in the side. It leans over to the back, so it, the light's right behind my head. It don't bother my vision in the morning. It keeps me keeps me nice and safe. But yeah. it is bright. I will give it that. It is it is bright. Well, you know, and I guess the one thing is is for whatever reason we're they're strict on certain things and not strict on others. It's like I think Lambert's flag's got a Z-Man plastic you know bag attached to it you know so it's like okay you would think and that's been like two and a half years that he's oh, had yeah. that on there you, uh, you would think like hey lambert got, you know got some you, power. Yeah. you only you only won, won like thirty five thousand dollars that weekend that that became popular on that thing you, you think you'd be like yo somebody hook me up with a with a correct flag yeah but you know that's that's that, 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 suit, that suits his uh his uh alternative style of how he goes about his business so <clears throat> I, I i like it it's it's wide open uh, <laughs> it's it's not quite wreck it ralph but it's a it's like a polio peace scenario yeah well we got but, about 15 minutes or so left do you want to talk about um 
kind of where where we together have gone this year. Uh, yeah, and, absolutely. You know, we, we I just. We, I, I made a couple some, stories too while we're at it. Yeah, I made some notes. You know, we went went to Harris, which was a shortened event for us. And you know, I know uh, got to know Ewing Miner a little bit. He stayed with us a couple times this year. I didn't know him that well, and he's he's been a lot of fun. But you know, the story with you guys at Harris fishing next to each other, and he would catch a twenty one. Uh, hold on, hold on. He'd catch a fourteen or fifteen or twelve. We're taking we're taking an official timeout. <laughs> All right, because Is that off limits? that. That 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 event <laughs> drove me a a it drove me off the deep end. Um, B I'm pretty sure I killed one of those fish because I lost my mind and slung it um you know and 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 threw it nine miles away because I we don't like like he said we we doubled twice you and caught twenty ones both times and my fish were a twelve and change and a fourteen and change. And we're fishing the same spot. When I mean we're fishing the same spot, our boats touched a couple times that day. Where we were, he had a 360, I had a 180. The wind's blowing 100 mile an hour, and I, I'm just beside myself trying to stay where we need to stay at. And 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 while we're talking about that event, that was one of my absolute pet peeves. I think that drove me nuts this year too. Is that information rule? Right. And it, and it wasn't like a real big issue, right? It's like okay, you know, information rule. It's it's fair, but. I'm sitting there right beside Ewing. We can't talk. That's one of my better friends, like, you know, one of my top five friends, period. And and all my friends are basically in, in fishing, kayak fishing. So, you know, we all we all travel together. And Ewing is one of my absolute favorite best friends. He went on uh, vacation with my family over Christmas, right? So me and Ewing are close, and we're, we're staying uh, – did he stay in the same house with us for that event? Not at no. Harris. Yeah. So, but but we're we're close. We're talking every day. You know, he he had told me about the spot, and 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 I went and looked at it, caught some fish off of it, and you know, we decide, hey, you know, we're both going to go to that spot. That's kind of the a spot. He had spent a bunch of time down there for college events, and we wind up there. And you know, last thing is like, hey, good luck. Hope we both wreck them. You know, we can't talk. They're being real strict on the rules. That was the big thing this year. And we, I, I struggled the whole day. I had mid seventies, maybe upper seventies at best. Ewing sets the tournament record 108 inches. And I'm basically there for the entire thing right beside him, throwing the same bait. And when I mean throwing the same bait, we are throwing the same bait. We've got the same trailers. I ran out of trailers and had him pick some up from the dugout bait and tackle on his way down to Florida. We are throwing the same bait and I'm beside myself. I give up. I'm like, you know what? I'm going somewhere else. I go to my second spot. I get to this spot, big flat. The guy in second place is in that spot. I had the best two spots picked out on the whole lake, and I'm in like a hundredth out of two hundred people on day one, and 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 I'm beside myself, and I'm like, well, at least I don't have to worry about anything, you know. At least I did the right thing. I didn't ask Ewing, you know. We didn't contact each other, and I got accused that afternoon of basically breaking an information rule for telling somebody that Ewing had, had caught those fish after they were already posted. And it's like, well, what in the world is, you know, let's take a time out here and see. And now that we're halfway through the year, we can talk to each other on the water and that that rule's been changed and kind of nullified and went back to normal. And well, I think you know, that you know, the, the problem with that rule to start with, and, and we talked about it, you know, when they made the announcement, is it's impossible to enforce. And, you know, um, you know, I like 
communicating with other anglers, not to, to try to determine information on, you know, what's working. It's, you know, Lambert typically would call me, how, how you doing? I'd call him, how we doing? We rarely are fishing in the same area. If he says, hey, I'm wrecking him, I'm not getting in the truck and going where he's at, and he's not doing the same thing, you know. So it's, yeah. it was just a dumb rule, and it was a, it was a poor decision when they made some really good decisions. Um, and I think they realized it and I get, and, and we've even talked this and you know, kudos to them for kind of, you know, taking the foot off the gas on that because effectively it's, it's all about accusations and it's going to be angler A saying, Oh, angler B sent angler C a text, angler C sent angler D and C. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's okay at four o'clock to go back to your, to your, to your condo and say, Hey, I launched at this ramp. I threw these three baits and I caught, you know, what you see posted on Tourney X. So it was just, a, just uh oh, it's a stupid rule. Hey, what do you think? You think it's stupid too, don't you, B? I know that's right. So I, I think that was one of the, the most frustrating things. You know, I've always been super, super um, all in, you know, push the chips all, all in with the whole BOS series since it started. And, you know, there's been a few things here and there where you know it's it's benefit of the doubt where where you give that to them and you know like I said they're they're the original trail that kind of made this super high end where it felt professional um, and this year you know you can kind of see it in attendance they kind of took a step back and I think that's part of it where you know you have uh, an, an overbearing of rules to kind of start the season and some things didn't get adjusted. Um, like we kind of wanted them to in the off season. And then halfway through the year, you start changing rules that in situations like mine, that could have made a really big difference on how my year played out. If, you know, if I wasn't a person, you know, wasn't an angler that spent a lot of time fishing a lot of events. And that was one of my, say four or five events and my best four, you know, who's to say Ewing, what the difference was, it turned out Ewing was letting it fall and they were eating it when the jackhammer wasn't moving. And, I throw a, uh, a thunder cricket, bladed jig, jackhammer a lot. You know, that's one of my favorite things to throw. And he was just catching them when the, the it wasn't moving. And you know how easy that would have been to be like, yo, Ewing, what's the, what's the deal here? But, you know, given the situation, I didn't because of the new rules. And that would have been, you know, that could have, you know, who's to say I couldn't drop a hundred inches on that situation as well. And it's fishing and you can't look at it like that. That's just, you know, a bad way you, you'll spend your entire time traveling and thinking, Oh, if I'd have done this, I'd have done this. Um, but that, that drove me nuts that, that absolutely, it, it bothered me for, for a while. And it was almost like to us, the rule got changed after somebody on stage literally went, oh, well, I told so-and-so I can hand them this and I handed them this so they could get their limit. And there's somebody else that was sitting there. It's like, really? Like, how, how does how is that fair? But it's not. And then it comes out that the rule's been changed halfway through the year because no one wanted to deal with the issue. Well, and the, and the problem is, even if you would have done something that was a legitimate breach of the rules, which you didn't, and, you know, in, in, the, in the times you found yourself in those situations, you picked up the phone and you called the director and said, hey, I've, you know, I think I, you know, may have fished somewhere I shouldn't have fished because I didn't see a sign or whatever. What can we do about it? And that yeah. happens and it's happened. That, that was exactly people. what happened at Wolf, Wolf and Fox. Yeah. We, we skipped, uh, we, we showed up. 
got our board checked, got our IDs, and essentially skipped the captain's meeting and went and watched the Green Bay Packers preseason game. Me, me and Eric, we actually, you know, one of the random road dog things we did. And I fished in a cheese head that, that weekend, which was, <laughs> I don't know, I still get cracked up about that. I want I should have grabbed that. I should have worn that tonight. But that's, you know, the, we, did um, back, we did just get back from Wisconsin. <laughs> the only good thing about Wisconsin, we brought back about six cases of spotted cow beer. <laughs> that's, uh, that that's that's the only decent only thing in all, all of Wisconsin. That and some cheese curds, and we didn't even have cheese curds. Yeah, we but, did at the Milwaukee joint. We did. Oh, that's that's right. We had cheese curd appetizer. Yeah. Anyway, but you know, I, I I'm I'll be the first to admit, no, no matter what it is, hey, I, I did something stupid because you know what, I do stupid things. I, I'm wreck it, Ralph. I'm I'm, you know, it, it's one of those things. If you fish enough events. You're going to miss check-ins. You're going to break rules accidentally. That's that's part of it. And I'll be the first to admit, hey, you know, when I saw that at Wolf and Fox River, and the reason I mentioned not going to the uh, – staying for the whole captain's meeting, AJ said apparently in the captain's meeting that I wasn't there for, hey, you need to stay away from this dam. There's some funky signage. So I get up there and fish up one hand, one side of it. There's no signs. I get up closer to the dam. The dam has a sign that says stay back 300 feet. I stay back 300 feet. Everything's fine and dandy. I come back down the other side, and there's a sign covered up by trees that say do not fish past this point. Well, to me, I was like, you know what? I don't know if it's this side on the lock or if this side that I fished on. And I just called AJ and said, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's the sign I saw. Here's the sign that I just discovered. And, you know, luckily it didn't make too big of a difference on my season. It probably would, would have obviously helped a little bit because I didn't end up getting a limit on day one and I had to kind of scramble. But, you know, in the end, you know, I, I don't regret that. If, if that made a difference of me finishing fifth in AOI at the end of the season or third in AOI and going to Worlds, I wouldn't change that because I would, I would want each and every person to do the exact same thing the way it was handled as, as I think it should have been right. So, you know, in situations like that, that's all, that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask other anglers to do. That's all you can do yourself. It's just, well, I, I think that the vast majority of the anglers, uh, you know, it, it's, it's very similar to golf and they're being kind of an honor system, you know, they nobody watching you play golf. And if you want to improve your life or, you know, do something you're not supposed to do, you got to live with that yourself. So it's almost like a, a self-reporting type scenario. Um, but I do think when you, when you, when you try to enforce rules that is strictly hearsay, I mean, there's absolutely no way that you could prove that somebody was communicating with one another unless you confiscated their phone records and record, were able to record, you know, the phone conversations that they had or the text messages that they sent to one another. Um, and, you know, and, and good luck decoding some of, you know, some of that stuff, you know, in group text, yeah. Snapchats and all the stuff that's utilized. But, um, but, you know, um, you know, the, the, for me, the highlights, fishing highlights for this season, I'd never been to Caddo and I didn't have a Is that not one of the most special places ever? That, that I, place know, blows my mind every time I go down there. You know, my two favorite fisheries you know from from traveling are seminole and susky in probably reverse order um and just just great places to fish incredibly diverse obviously love rivers and susky's a special river um but caddo you know 
I had a poor Saturday and had a really good Sunday. And if I'd have done what I did Sunday on Saturday, I probably would have had a little better tournament. But, uh, you know, that was one of those deals. We just drove down there and fished, you know, and that's, that's, you know, we've done that a couple of times and I'm not, I'm not a big practice guy. I'm not, I'm not a big, you know, hang your hat on, on fish or off fish. We're we talking about practice. Yeah, that's right. I'm kind of like Iverson, you know, it's like, I'm all about the, 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 the actual, when the buzzer sounds and I usually do Eric is big on a Friday rest day. Let's just go ahead and get that out there. There's I, no one appreciates a Friday rest day quite like hashtag pro. There's two, two things I like when we travel and, and, you know, they're both difficult to do unless you get off to a real early start as far as when you travel somewhere. And I love to have a sit down breakfast. And I, and I do like, I do like to take, like when I, you know, I've made TOC a couple of times and, um, you know, the first time Jordan and I went out to, uh, Arkansas at Wachita and that was, that was great. Had a good finish. We both cashed. I think he was fifth and I was seventh and we just had a great time. And we, we, we literally, we, what do we do? We, we almost made that a, where did we go before, the, before then? Did, or we just got down there. I mean, we had the whole week. We, we, we got down there the whole week. We spent the whole week down there. I think we got down there and spent Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday looking around. And we played golf on practice. Friday. And we played golf on Friday. In hot springs, yeah. And, and, and there, nobody springs. could believe that we played golf Friday. And it was like, you know, after the first day of practice, it was one of the, one of the times where I was comfortable yeah. with what we needed to do. And we, we, we showed up, put in – through crankbaits and everywhere we went, we caught fish for basically four days. I mean, there was nowhere well, we went the, that we did. The, there might have been one place, well, one, no, one well, where what, the water was muddy. Well, what 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 resonated with me, and you'll remember this when I say it is, you know, that place we put in, you start you caught fish right away. We were getting some good bites cranking, and I turned the corner and I was like, what? You know, what is all that in the water? And that's when we found that standing timber. Mm -hmm. And I was that, like, that was I day. said, Jordan, I said, this is what we need to look for. And we found, I think it was called Little Little Fur. You remember that? Was it called Little yeah, Fur? Yeah, we, we literally just drove around to all the boat ramps and looked for wherever had the it, most standing timber, was, and then we were done. It was littered, and like on, on Saturday, Jordan went left, and I went right. And on Sunday, I went right, and Jordan went left. And we just covered water and hit those trees. We, and, we just made two reverse loops, and then yeah. just... And it was, there was, it, it was, that was a special place. That was one of the first times where I went to a big national tournament and felt like, oh, you know what? Like I, I can do this. You know, yeah. it just felt like I, you know, had, had a place with this because that was my best national finish for any event. I, you know, I made the, uh, the TOC that year from three, eight, well, actually that was before they did points. It was just eight, eighth place finish from Gunnersville. I guess I got a roll down or whatever it was, but regardless, I had three eighth place finishes that year in national events and was feeling pretty good about myself, but the fifth at TOC and showing up and had never been there before was, was the kicker for me because the other events were, um, Gunnersville, Chickamauga and Kentucky Lake on the Tennessee river. And, you know, it felt like I was still fishing at home essentially. So to go to Arkansas and spend a few days down there, it, it felt, um, you know, it, it felt like I had found a place, you know, it, it legitimized what I was trying to do in a kayak. Well, you know, I think, you know, this week when we were in Wisconsin, somebody, you know, posted on KBN, would you rather fish a Bassmaster kayak American classic championship, or would you rather fish a TOC? And the, the boating kind of came in a little skewed towards bass. And it's like, for me, if you fish the TOC, and I've been lucky enough to fish two of them, 
you know, what people don't realize is, you know, I, I like my chances against a, a smaller field, even though there's 50 hammers or this year 60 hammers within that field. And you could argue that anybody within that in that 60 roster could win at Chick. You know, and the other thing is, you know, compared to 150 or 200 people practicing for that event, I don't think the fishery is as beat up as it is at TOC. And it's yeah. and, the, and Hobie truly treats you special with the swag you get, with just the fact that you're there. And you know, it, it's just, it's just. It's, I, I it, think, it, I think I, it. And I, and I fished in both, Jordan. I fished the Bassmaster Classic at Lake Russell, and honestly. You know, it was a joke comparative to, to side yeah. by side. Now, that was before for, for the first couple of years of that. W the kayaks were a sideshow, straight up. There, there's no totally, like, totally, it was totally. not a kayak classic. It was a kayak tournament that was going on the same time the classic was. It was no kayak classic. It was, it was, a, it was a circus. Yeah, and and and, and you know, and I, I felt like they overstated. Well, I'll give you a perfect example. You know, uh, phenomenal local guy, Joby Berry, fished Lake Russell. First big tournament, you know, out of town he fished, came in eighth place. The entry fee was $400. And, you know, that's healthy. It's you know, incredibly healthy to begin that's, with. That's a, that's a lot of doll hairs. That's a lot of doll hairs. And um, he came in eighth place, and I think he won 500 So, you know, first. That doesn't even pay for his trip. Then he it paid it, you know, and I think first place, you know, was a legit 20 grand, but second was two, yeah. you know, so it, it dropped. And that's you know. one of the things that it, this off season, when people started talking about it, Hey, what do you think should be, should be changed? And bass with Steve-O changed it to where less people got paid. They're paying more money out and less people get paid. So you can actually, if you do cash, you actually make a little bit of money. And one of the complaints with Hobie this year is that, they did the complete opposite. They literally went from having a, a solid payout, which most people would agree you could make a little money, finish in the top 10%, and they started paying 15%. And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of factors that change a lot of these, but when you look at it, Bass grew in numbers this year, and, and Hobie has declined, and it's declined the further the year has went. And, and everybody knows I, I fish the Hobie, and I'm not hating on Hobie, but how when when people are trying to sit down and figure out what's going on and trying to improve how do the two complete opposite things switch how, how does that happen that that still is like well my my i've got two theories one you know hobie hung their hat on having two to 225 per event and that was a pipe dream not because of anything they did it's just people can't do it you know it's expensive you know people started going back to work people didn't have the flexibility they had you know during the covid type stuff and then you know we've talked about this the fact that bass allows motors has attracted you know the guys that don't want to fool with, with doing what you and i sometimes commit to do like we did in wisconsin we did eight miles into the wind in one of the biggest bodies of water as i've ever fished and i mean you and, got and you got lost for two hours, you know. Uh, I, I did. I, I got stuck in a grass mat, which, which it, it, you know, here's another interesting thing too. You know, they they canceled one of our one of our day ones at Santee Cooper for for high winds, right? And I don't know what the exact winds were for that event, but it 
at Santee Cooper, there's probably a lot of places you can get out of the wind. I mean, it's it's a giant swamp, right? So, you know, we go to Seminole, and at one point during the Seminole day, I had had a drive issue where I'd hit a stump on Seminole, which everybody that's been to Seminole has. I don't care what kayak you have, what bass boat you have, you're going to hit something on Seminole. And, you know, you got a 50-50 whether you end up broken. So I hit something and had a slight mechanical error in, in the drive, and I had to go into the current and into the wind to get back to my, my, my truck. And, you know, at one point I called AJ and said, Hey, you know, what, what are my, what are my options here? If I, if I can't get back, am I just going to have to go to another ramp is, you know, I know Steve Fields is running around here, take, taking pictures because I had seen him and, you know, it was, Hey, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting how that works to where, um, you know, it, at what point do, do you call an event, right? And tough, it's, it's a fine it's line. A, and it's a tough, tough. It's a tough. It's an incredibly difficult decision. But I've fished two events that should have both been canceled. One was the Hobie at Watts Bar when it was ten degrees, and one was at Lake Fork Mess that we did when it was ten degrees. <laughs> And I've got an honorable mention and I've got an honorable mention for that too. Those are both just cold weather. Um, there was another one, um, the original, the very, very first Hobie BOS that was at Chickamauga when the absolute crazy flood happened. Yeah, that's three. And, and by by all means, like they were, they were like, I was leading after the first day of that one. And and, I remember we ate breakfast and and we went to the ramp. They shouldn't fish. I mean, it was, it was, I'd never seen anything like that. And, and you, you sit down and I could handle like, Hey, we're not going to cancel any events if there's not a tornado or a lightning storm, you know what? Like I, I get it. We fished through the, the, the hundred year flood at Chickamauga in the very first Hobie. We, we, we fished in the Bassmaster event where I literally, there's a video on my Facebook where I had to break ice to get to where I was fishing. That that's crazy. And then you have the, the Watts bar Hobie where it was in the single digits and that was just, as cold as, as could be. I mean, it was nuts. That, on, the, on the Watts Bar, Jordan, the morning on Sunday, I left my truck in the driveway with my rods in the back just so I could hop the trailer that was in the garage and bust to, to the ramp. And that's when I put Lambert on the spot where he ended up winning it. Um, and then I went somewhere else because he did well and I didn't, I only caught a couple fish, but um, I did something else. That morning, my rods from the back of the truck in a covered bed were froze solid. And my first cast, it just, it didn't do anything. I was like, what in the world is wrong with my stuff? And the water temperature was probably 20 degrees warmer than the air temperature. And the only way you could get your rods in real store was to dip that in the water. I mean, it was, it was terrible. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was miserable. And you know, I, I, I went, you know, I can accept that if, Hey, the, the, the major t- kayak tournaments are not going to be canceled, point blank, period. And then we get to an event like Santee Cooper this year where we cancel day one for wind. And so it's almost like you're prioritizing wind being more dangerous for kayaks. And, and I fully understand that, right? Like wind, wind could be a really bad issue for a kayak, right? But 
if you look back and there's a Hobie event at, what was it? Um, Sam Rayburn two years ago where it, uh, Luke Arian was out there just getting blown around like crazy. And everybody, you know, people were talking about well, that to, where he was to, going to, through those rollers. To, and Toledo Bend was, was a mess. Or, that that might've been the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Toledo, Toledo Bend was dangerous. I mean, it was dangerous, dangerous on Saturday. And, and you, you almost wonder, and, and here's, here's the issue, right? So, um, it, why why is the difference why is why is that santi cooper event canceled and you know why why of all the events that could have been canceled for one day or both days or postponed or whatever you want to say and you know almost wonder if if outside influence was wasn't an issue with canceling day one because the the local kayak club which was which was Vinny and them canceled canceled their event you know, and I think that kind of put Hobie in a bad spot of, hey, do we still have an event or do we cancel an event? And I think that was one of the weirder instances of the whole season of we went all this time and the people are asking me like, you know, like I'm some guru and I fished a lot of events, but, you know, I don't know every single thing that's going to happen. And people were texting, hey, what do you think is going to happen? And I'm like, I kept telling everybody, we're going to fish. We fished in eight degrees. We broke ice. We fished in crazy floods. We fished in the wind at, at Toledo Bend the year before, and somehow we end up canceling that tournament. You know, I it's it it's strange. Well, here, I think that here's here's the thing for me. Like it's it's hard to be critical of somebody making a decision that's 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 centered around safety. And oh, I yeah, think about, absolutely. And I, and I think about Joe getting stuck in that damn you know in the tile at Gunnersville. Yeah. And, and I mean, that could have turned out really bad, you know, and, yeah. and at some point something really bad is going to happen to someone simply because of the nature of what we do in practice or in an event, because they find themselves in a spot like that and they can't, they can't get out. Wow. And, you know, so again, it's, it's, I, it's a diff, it's, it's an enormously difficult deal because you've got, you've got the local community that said, Hey, we're going to give you, you know, whatever we give you 15, 20, $30,000 to bring in, you know, what do they call it? Uh, head, heads and beds. Head, and, heads and beds. Yeah. Heads and beds. And, uh, and, and they, and these guys, Steve-O in particular, AJ in particular have done a phenomenal job building relationships with these communities. And, 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 and the one thing that I will say is you feel welcome when you go to these places and it's yeah, a lot of the times there's there's city managers and and uh, Glenn Jacobs was here for the TOC and and welcomed everybody. There's there's a lot of really important people that come out and talk to us at these cities and and it is it's it's yeah. it's an ordeal a lot of the times where they make a big deal out of it and make us feel welcome and yeah. and you know I don't I don't want to be the guy that's complaining about whatever you know I'm not going to complain that there's somebody errs on the side of safety right. My question is how does that one get canceled and some of the other ones don't? Or, well, or, or, it's a, or, it's a, or vice it's a, versa. Well, it's a fair, it's a fair question. And like, you know, if you remember the Watts bar tournament, they didn't start until nine. And then the local dumbasses started at seven. I, and, I got my spot pirated. Do you want you to talk about spot, that? Yeah. Well, I got my spot pirated. Yeah. Which, you know, the, again, you know, the decision is difficult. It needs to be consistent. Um, you know, and I, and I think I think that there there's certainly some relevance to say, hey, you know, a club that's as as relevant as Vinny's club with as much participation as got, hey, we're not fishing. They're local. They know that world. They know that body of water. And you're sitting there and you're AJ. You're like, you know what? He's probably right. And if he's going to do it, I probably need to do it. And it turned out, I guess, the weather wasn't 
as bad as the forecast. And everybody's like, well, shoot. And it's just like, you know, if you're a kid wanting to know whether or not you're going to school on, on Tuesday because of snow, you're sitting there like, oh, I hope they cancel school. And then, you know, it doesn't snow or, or you're at school and it snows a foot and, you know, you're sliding around yeah. on the bus going home. It's, 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 it's easy to look back, you know, you know what they say. Hides, Monday, hides Monday, yeah, Monday morning quarterback. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, you know, that's, I, I don't want to be the guy that's, that's, you know, complaining about that situation, but you know, if, and, if and we are on the, if we are on the side of caution that there's, there shouldn't be anybody complaining, right? Well, but here's, and here's the other thing that's hard for other people to get their arms around is there's very few people seeing what we've seen, you know, right. we've, we've, you know, we fish somewhat of a full schedule and we've been a part of, of some weather events that you're like, golly, this is not, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, there's, 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 there's a rare occurrence fishing where, you know, in, 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 you know, in Wisconsin, you're like, man, I, I might need to get you to come get me somewhere else. Cause I don't know if I can get back to the ramp, you know, and that's not normal. You know, and and yeah. so it's like okay, um, yeah. I'm like, what you know? It, just let me know what we need to do. And so, um, I, you know, I think for people that that don't fish, that hasn't fished as many events as we have, it's really hard for them to understand what we've seen. And and you've got such a body of work to compare those decisions to. The the one the one that stands out to me was four. You know, we get to our VRBO and everything was froze solid. We, Te Texas is not built to handle no, cold like that. We, no. we we got lucky. We we got a hold of a couple heaters and we pulled kayaks in the garage. And yeah. I mean, if if it wasn't for that fireplace in our house, we we would have just about froze to death because it was cold with the fireplace going. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. You know, that was that was an event. We got there early enough to practice a couple of days. We didn't leave the house. You know, we, we, I think house. we we went out one day. You flew flew the drone a little bit. We threw snowballs I, at each other. I literally, <laughs> I literally took the drone. I had a drone for this season to look around to help me practice, right? Because I like driving around. I like looking at things. It just it made sense to me, right? So that's the first event I'm taking the drone for for practical use, trying to apply my new drone aerial skills, and all I did with that drone was literally we would go to a boat ramp. And the the ice would be completely covered in front of the ramp, and I would fly the drone out to see how far the ice was covering. That was that was the intent of my first drone usage to pre fish with a drone. Well, to put to put a bow on this episode, I will go on record and say if it is drivable, flyable, navigatable, then this guy can figure it out and figure it out operational. Very, very quickly, and for the most part, pretty, pretty proficient. I mean, he. Uh, if it's got a wheel, joysticks, uh, yeah, or, or he'll whatever. He'll, he'll figure, put on, put on an app with a drone. I will fly it, drive it, or or anything. Yeah. Yeah. As, as long as as long as my feet are on the ground or I'm close to the ground, because I don't do heights. Yeah, that's what that's what that's why I'm not a pilot. That's right, but you could uh, be. More than likely. I, I could be. You put me in a simulator and we'll see how much I like flying. Somebody out there get me a flight simulator. I want to fly that thing. That's right. So um I'm gonna try to get like a, a, a bunch of questions. I always like doing podcasts where somebody does a bunch of questions at the end. Yeah. And you know what? I don't know if I have particularly any like, you know, you mentioned earlier your top three places. I was gonna bring that up. Like you said, what was it, Susquehanna? 
uh, Seminole, Caddo, you know, Caddo, not, being, you not know. being Caddo, I got probably more enjoyment. Now, you know, the the, the New York. Where, trip, where's somewhere you want to go? You know, um, gosh, I, I just ran into a guy that that's a good fisherman, uh, older gentleman at the gym, and and uh, he's taking his grandson to one of those deals up in Canada that you go catching and you just fly in on a you know one of those. I don't know what you call them, the biplanes or whatever that, that float. Little float you know, planes? Yeah. And uh, they've got, you know, basically a fish camp set up there and, and the smallmouth. You're probably, you probably get tired of catching them. And then you'll probably try to catch a pike or walleye or whatever else. And, you know, it's just those type fisheries that are, that are let way. I mean, you know, uh, probably we, it's been too long since we've gone and chased redfish in Venice. You, you know I mean, what I want to do that, that you mentioned that I actually sent a text message probably in the last week, right? I want to go and I, I reached out to, to a couple guys. I want to go and fish a redfish tournament. Now that, that would be, you know, that, that's a win regardless, you know, uh, that's a win regardless. And, and some of those saltwater guys we've met are super nice. You know, Matt down there that we stayed at his VRBO. That's, that's one of the people I reached out to. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to get us a, a, a trip, a trip down there after the season ends because they have saltwater tournaments. Don't, don't, don't reach, don't reach out to Matthew Scott's cause he don't know <laughs> shit about redfish or flounder or trout. That, that is a whole nother road dog story. Matt, yeah. Matt Scotch sent us on a wild goose chase and I'm not, I'm not going to burn a spot because he swears him down. That's a good spot. And I've even, <laughs> I've even back checked him and other people said that was a good spot. Not that day. So it, it was not that day. We, we showed up to where the, the access point was and there was no water there. And when I mean, there was no water there, there was two inches of water there in a place that we were supposed to launch kayaks with the trailer. So the tides got us, even though I asked him specifically, Scott, you still was, owe us a redfish was, trip, but it was, you know, still proximity and time close enough to where, you know, the deep freeze in Texas really screwed up the ecosystem. Yeah. You remember when we were at Fork and they were like, you know, yeah. it froze and that this was solid ice and you know, the fish fishery was, you know, I, I don't yeah, think Yeah, that was the that was the first time we went to Fork, right? We yeah, were supposed which, to spend a week down there between yeah. What was broken it? Bow. Broken bow. Yeah, yep. broken. We did the Hobium broken bow and then drove straight to the what was it? Bass Master at Fort. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just, you know, it was post free. That's, that's one, of the, week, one of the tournaments that I actually did better than you. And you saw kept seeing me catch fish and you got very frustrated. That is, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of places people hear me, people give me a hard time and say, I hate fishing everywhere. They don't know why, like, I travel and fish so much because everybody knows, like, oh, Jordan hates so and so. I hate I hate Chick, but I understand why people want to go to Chick, right? I hate Fork, and I understand why people want to go there because there's big fish, and and I get it, right? I, I'm not I'm not oblivious, right? F Fork is one of those places that is that has treated me like crap both times, uh, two or three times or whatever we went out there now. I, Fork has treated me awful, but it's treated my friends well when we went down there and guys I stayed with. So I, I get the interest with Fork. Now, now Mississippi River, on the other hand, I hate that place, and I don't know why we go there. But that that's yeah, going to be I'm, another I'm, ten I'm, minutes I'm, of me on a ramble. Yeah, I'm second guessing that decision myself. However, I sent I sent Ewing a message about you know catching those smallmouth on the Holston on Monday, and 
he goes, uh, he goes, see, it's not, it's not the Mississippi River. You can still fish. He said, it's, it's the yeah. Mississippi. It's not you. And I was like, well, I sure hope so. He said, that's why I, I didn't go. And I'm like, with yeah. somebody like that, just, they don't, they didn't go. Just like, not a fan, honestly. Yeah. That 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 whole area, and I, I'm going to catch some flack for that. But I, you know, I, what I, that's I, the, that's that's a terrible place to have an event. To me, you know, talking to Jay, you know, that stayed with us, that did well, and talk, you know, talking to other people and what they did. I really feel like that's a place where you almost have to spend some time practicing and you got to find it's, it's, it's a magic spot. It's a magic spot place, man. The backwater area that's got some reasonable, you know, reasonable fish in it and stay there, you know, and, um, and, and there were guys that launched with us that, uh, that went to a spot and said they caught 60 fish, 50 fish, basically making the exact same cast. And they ate every single thing that they threw in there. Yeah. And, you know, I just, for, for whatever reason, you know, that, that place, you know, on, on Tennessee river and, and down South, a lot of times, if there's a lot of fish around, you'll catch the biggest one first and then just kind of work your way down through smaller fish. And that place, it doesn't seem to matter. You might catch 58 inch fish and then randomly catch a 17 and then catch 10 more eight inch, 10 inch, 12 inch fish. And, and to me that, that does not, I, I don't know, you know, that's one of those situations where if you have a, you know, a, 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 a trail that's trying to be high end national traveling series. Um, and I don't think that ever happens. And, and here's the biggest factor, right? So in, until you have an entire year's buy-in where you're fishing against the same hundred or 150 or 200 people the whole year, it's, it's not a professional traveling series. It's basically, you know, a, a, a open casual series. It's that a, has a bunch of money. Yeah. It, it's it, a it, there's, it, the, the, neither one's a wrong answer right it's right. just what you what you prefer and i think there's people that want this to be you know professional and it doesn't become professional until you have you know the same you're fishing against the same guys and there's not guys cherry picking whatever and i think half the reason we go to lacrosse is just to you know silence the midwestern crowd of that you know that wants an event in their neck of the woods and it's it's impossible to show up to lacrosse if you've never been there and find a pattern i personally like to go places and fish patterns and that's not a place where you go and fish a pattern you go and fish the same hole every year because we always go to lacrosse basically within two or three weeks of each other or a month of each other no matter it's bass or hobie or what and people fish the exact same spot every time it seems like you know well you know it's um it's a catch-22 you know you, you figure if you if you have that event somewhere, you know, in the southeast in the same time of the year and you, you, you incorporate some moving water, you probably have a better turnout and you're going to catch some quality smallmouth down here. You know, going up north to fish for largemouth that are 15 inches is not, you know, something exciting for me where you could go up to, I mean, I mean, heck, it, Cayuga. At least when we went to Cayuga, they were big we fish everywhere. Fish everywhere. everywhere. They were big fish everywhere. And you know, same you know, same thing at, at uh, you know, there there there's probably better options for more quality fish. But you know, the flip side of that is, you catch the most inches, you win. You know, and it doesn't matter if it's 108 each day it's, or it's, 80, it's all fair, ain't it? It's all fair well, game. Yeah, well, yeah. When it comes, when the bell rings, I mean, you you know, you're you're fishing against yourself, and you're fishing against whoever happens to sign up in, in that event. And uh, 
you know, the one that blew my mind, you know, is, and I truly, and I even reached out to AJ and told him how much I enjoyed it. Is I, I thought the New River was fantastic. Now, I was one of the few people to catch a big fish in practice and, you know, had a reasonable tournament. Um, you know, they were kind of far and few between in the actual event. But, you know, I, and I, and I, you know, to the, me, the new, the, the new River has potential. Has huge potential. I, I, and, it has and, huge potential in a couple of years. It's, it's just like Kentucky Lake right now, right? So we just went there and there were, you know, a blue million, you know, 14, 15 inch fish at Kentucky Lake. And there's a bunch of 12 and 13 inch fish at New River. There, there, that's That's got potential. I understand how that was a really good fishery. I understand how it will be a really good fishery. We just didn't get it at 100% great time. Well, you know, the, the local club that had a tournament adjacent to Hobie, but not in the Hobie boundaries, the numbers yeah. were, you know, Absurd. I think there like was a bunch, bunch over yeah. I mean, they, they caught some really good fish and, you know, they're there. Um, but again, but, you know, that, but I don't think new river could handle the pressure. Right. I, I would, I would be really happy seeing a TOC on the new river because you don't now, have nearly be, the amount of, of heathens out there that don't know how to practice. Well, and that, you know, and that's, uh, that's, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, the, the, the fact that they had the TSC here and incorporated the Holston and the French Broad, you could certainly argue you could have it at the new or Susky or, you know, somewhere there's moving water, um, you know, and again, you know, if you, if you've been fortunate enough to fish one of those, you realize that it's a little different animal. Um, you know, them going from two days to three days is an interesting change that really weeds out, you know, just kind of getting lucky for a couple of days. You got to really manage fish and maybe do what you do a lot and, and bounce from spot to spot, you know, depending on what you've got going on. But, uh, you know, I, I think that you've got a super good leader in Steve and, you know, even at the regional level with Daniel Davis on the bass side, those are fun and Daniel's great. They, they truly want you to have a good experience. And I think, you know, AJ is straight laced. He's super fair. He's excellent at, at what he's challenged to do as is Steve. So you've got two well-run outfits that I think will continue to make, you know, the efforts to make them better. Um, and, and, and we're not always going to, you know, buy into what they're trying to do. Yeah. But, you know, I think as long as I can follow a pro a thought process of what they're trying to do and I, I can, I can get on board with, with connecting the dots. Hey, we're going from this to this and this is why I, yeah. I, I can by all means give that a shot. Right. I, yeah, I, I can I think, be, I can I think, be down with that. And I think, you know, it, it, it it, again, it boils down to, you know, you're a little different because you're looking to compete and you're looking to fish something pretty much every weekend. Others who are cherry picking events that suit them, you know, it, it becomes a choice and they are they are making a, 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 a informed decision on where and why they want to fish. And if there's two tournaments that they can't fish them both and one's a bass and they've got a motor and one's a Hobie and they don't, and this fishery might be a little more attractive, maybe they go this route. I like the fact that there's more choices than there used to be, but you know, it would be phenomenal to, to have some type of a, you know, year end championship to, to take the top guys in bass and the top guys in Hobie 
and bring them together and have some kind of Super Bowl of kayak fishing. I mean, there's like, there's a like lot an of, invitation only event for everybody. Hum, well, what a know, concept. Well, not for everybody. I mean, well, you, know, uh, you know what I mean. Like for for yeah. everybody that's fishing the event. Like like you know. Yeah. I, I, I've I've made I've made that comment a couple of times. That's that's why I had that reaction of of. Well, I, th- know, I think I think you've got you've got probably a dozen guys, girls on both sides of that aisle that are loyal to one trail or not. And that's kind of what they do. You've got people that mix and match and they fish where they want, when they want. Um, I think, you know, that you've got the potential with the fact that, that these guys are friendly with one another, understand that certain things are for the greater good. That, you know, we've, we've always talked about it from a local perspective. I mean, there's really nothing you can't do within the cast rules as far as what you do in a given tournament. And yeah. so it's like, you know, I would say that, you know, if there was one knock against the community is the lack of creativity when it comes to, you know, deeming an angler of the year. And, you know, it's funny, Jeff and Lambert doing the, you know, the rankings when the season's over and that's always exciting. Uh, Everybody kind of, you know, has an opinion on how those all play out, but it's like, you know, what if you had one event, you know, that included KBF, Bass, you know, and, and the Hobie guys, and it was, you know, 40 deep or 50 deep or 20 deep, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, that might be something that you could actually, sell to the outdoor channel and maybe get you know get something legitimately televised instead of trying to do and and, and you know what would be really cool to take the concept that the um uh what what was the goofy thing i fished last year um the all was it all was the team stuff what they call it the team thing where where you would live i can't think of the name of it um I enjoyed fishing. Like I joke around and say that was the goofy thing because I, I say that because a lot of people didn't take that serious, but I had a lot of fun doing that. And and here's why. Well, y'all had a good um, team. Yeah, good we team. had we had a good team. Shout out Kusa Kingfishers. Kaka kaka. Um, Joe mentions that every time I see him. Uh, Kusa Kingfisher. Um, we had a great team, but you know, not not the team aspect, but you know what they did really cool. Um, and they were, you know, essentially kind of before their, you know, time, they were the first one to do this. And I think this comes around and actually becomes a thing at some point, because this is how you would market it. And from a television standpoint, just the same way we sit and watch MLF and and Bassmaster live where you can have it, where there is a camera in your, in your kayak where people can watch it. And I think they had a lot of potential with what they did. And I I can't, uh, um, Kate, um, KFL, thank you, KFL. KFL had a lot of really great ideas that has a lot of potential, and that could be, you know, using some of those bricks to do something and build something else with to where people can build interest. You know, I think that could definitely be an option in the future to have something where you only have, you know, like a TOC where you have 50 guys or whatever and have that to where a few guys are supposed to live stream, but you, you know, you run into issues with service and, and all that kind of things, which is, you know, kind of your snafus with that. But, you know, that's, that's on the table for something that, you know, I would like to see um, in, in the future that I think actually has potential. But 
we're over an hour and a half. I, I you know, I joked around that we're, we were going to run for an hour and, you know, we kind of got on a roll there about an hour and spent the last 30 minutes really, really kind of diving into things that, you know, we, we were, we were no, you know, you know, making, my, making strides you know, with, you know, it's past my bedtime. I know it's, it's, it's 10 o'clock. I, I'm aware. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you had your afternoon nap today, did you? But, <laughs> Two today, a, a two, mid, two today, mid morning and an afternoon nap. So, so I, I think I'm going to have my my road dog question is this at the, at the end of the show is right. I've, I've been thinking about it this whole time. You could see the the gears turning, the mullet getting greasy where I'm where I'm thinking, and you know my my head's you know turning. Who Eric Thomason hashtag pro would you recommend going on a road trip with, or someone you would like to go on a road trip on a tournament? to a tournament with who that i haven't been on or that i have that, that you you either would recommend somebody else go on a trip with or um or to go on that you haven't went with if you were going to go to florida or or new york or something like that is there somebody you would you would want to go that you haven't with you know i mean it, Truth be told, the, the, the groups that we've, you know, the, the core group is, is pretty solid, you know, and, yeah. I, and I, I'd include Pro Neighbor and Matt, you know, kind of kind of as our core group. Um, you know, Sisto is is just off the reservation. For, for anybody that has not shared a house with Sisto, that is one of the most interesting human beings on the entire planet. That's that's not even kayak fishing. That's one of the most interesting humans I've ever been around ever. You know, uh, the cool. You know, I would say somebody that I think I I could travel with and room with and get along with and not have to worry about it. And he's basically my age, and he's just kind of gotten into this. It's probably Abby. You know, Abby's, yeah. Abby's, you know, I mean, he's country music singer. He's good dude. He's laid back. Uh, you know, uh, we, we've gotten to know each other. You know, I didn't know Jay particularly well until, you know, we stayed with Jay this weekend. And, and that was an education and bourbon and other stuff. And, you know, he's an, he's an outstanding fisherman and a super nice guy. Um, you know, um, I think it'd be that was great. actually the first time I've ever roomed with Jay. I've, I've known Jay it, a while. I think it'd be great to get AJ on a road trip. Uh, you know, AJ, you don't get to, you don't get to, you know, see. You only see kind of one side of AJ because AJ yeah. is, you know, is is in a, you know, he's kind of in a spotlight and he can't, you know, he's 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 he's, he's doing his job the right way. But I think yeah. AJ, you know, I mean, we've done some floats and stuff with him. He's a lot of fun and. um you know, but you know, I, I, I like I like the Abby comment. I I don't I don't I've not stayed with with you Abby. Know, Abby you know. Abby makes the mistake of staying with Pendergraph and Lambert. You know, there's a, there's a list I would not go on a road trip with. There's there's a longer yeah. list of who I wouldn't go on with. I've, <laughs> I've I've stayed with stayed with a lot of people, and you know I've that's that's the benefit of fishing a lot of events. I've slept in my truck a lot, and I've stayed with a lot of different people, and I've. About the only thing that I I, I don't want to do anymore is stay in just a really big house. Um, and I just there's a lot of people you know I like and I get along with. I just there there comes a certain time where you know if I if I have you know this as well as anybody if if I don't have a good day on, on the water or have a good practice day, I, I 
it, practice is a little more laid back. But if I have a bad day one and and I've got to stay for day two, I I, I am I don't want to be around anybody. And that's you know whether I'm mad or not. I just I, I get kind of lost in my thoughts and I'll, I'll I'll show up and take a shower and lay down and just kind of be in my own little world. And I'll show up back up when the steaks are made and eat dinner and I kind of get lost again and just kind of my own little little world because I just I don't like being around a lot of people if if things kind of don't go according to plan in my head. And that's, you know, my own kind of weird, weird quirk. But, you know, um, I think, you know, truth be told, you know, if I've got my own room as far as staying with other people, I, I don't have a. I don't have a major issue with it. You know, the, the thing that you run into that, you know, people don't think about when you're staying with, you know, several people is, you know, most everybody's got, you know, a trailer, you know, a truck and it's like, okay, where's all these people park? And, you know, like when we, that place we stayed at in Caddo, I mean, that was, that was kind of a high rise, you know, that was not really kind of how it was advertised. Remember we had to kind of park behind that gate and it was a little sketchy. Yeah, getting in and that out was a mess. That was fairly much a mess, and and probably would have got robbed if if we weren't inside the inside the compound. That was that was a questionable questionable. Yeah, that's not one of my better one of my better bookings. Uh, that might have been another evolve Airbnb. It was. I mean, you know, it, like I said, it was uh, it was falsely advertised because the picture didn't didn't do. I mean, the, the place was nice, you know, inside yeah. outside of going up seventeen flights of steps, but um, but yeah, I mean. Um, the cool thing is, is, is kind of like you, I, I'm fortunate, you know, cause I've been around this earth quite a bit longer than you, but it's like, I've got great friends. I've always had great friends, but I've made some phenomenal friends within this industry, you know, Kent Vanover, I would have never met you would have never met Lambert, you know, pro neighbor, you know, we're neighbors, you know, he's gotten more into this kayak thing. Never would have probably, you know, gotten to know Matt and, you know, Matt's a good dude, uh, Sisto, Abby. I mean, there's just, you know, you know, it's, it's a pretty all in all, it's, it's a pretty good group of people, even though, you know, our goals kind of beat the brains out of each other when we get the chance to do it. But it's like, if, if I'm the leader in the clubhouse in the house, everybody wants to see me do well on Sunday, but you know, it's, you know, we're, we're all kind of cheering yeah. for one another, you know, one way or the other. Um, and that's a kayak fishing thing. It, it really it is, is. It is. It is because it's hard. People don't realize how difficult it is. And, you know, you you can do a lot of things right and it not pan out. You can do a lot of things wrong and end up having 85 inches and wonder, like, how did that happen? And, you know, I think, you know, the longer you do it, the more the more things happen that, you know, that, you know, you, you've had a similar experience. I was talking to Abby and I think he he dropped a a rod in the water with a fish on it and i was like i did that doing a river float and it went down it went down in this eddy on the on the big pigeon i was with kent and we split an island he went left and i went right and i hooked one right before this island and there was a deep spot and i hit the island and it nearly threw me out of the kayak and i dropped my rod and that fish drug it into that heavy deep current and i could see my rod float but it was three feet under the water so i just jumped in after it get it and the fish is still on and i'm like what are the odds it's like a 17 inch smallmouth i'm like what are the odds of that fish being on and, and sometimes you'll hook a fish and get it halfway to the boat and the hook just comes out know, it's like the, hook, the fish never had it in its mouth it's That's, like what what how does this happen but you know i, I think <laughs> 
you've heard me say this about golf. I think, you know, in golf, you get just as many good bounces as you do bad bounces over the course of your golfing career. I think fishing is the same way. When I, when I was fishing Monday at, um, at, uh, at the Holston, that, that yeah. first 20 and a quarter, when I called you and told you I, I caught a good one, called it heavy current. It's always, you know, it's always challenging to, to get one in, in the net. And as soon as it, as soon as, and it was questionable, it could have gone out of the net easily because about half its head was out and half was in. Lure comes out, fish drops in the net. I was like, okay, that's a good one. And then the second 20 and a quarter I caught, it had six hooks in it and was pulling drag and, you know, was not playing nice at all, but it wasn't coming off. You know, I could have probably boat flipped it and been just fine. But, you know, um, some days those need one of those fish to get in a boat. <laughs> Oh, that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, dog, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, first guest, I couldn't ask for any, any first guest couldn't ha ask for anybody better to come on and, uh, talk a little fishing. And, uh, obviously, you know, I, I couldn't do this without a lot of help. So I just, who, uh, um, who you got on the docket for guest number two, you've thought that far out yet. There, there's a few people I, I definitely, uh, want to have, um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, jinx anything. I don't know what order. There's a couple of people. Uh, um, one of the people that I, I know said he wanted to come on that, that, you know, I don't think he's been on any, any major podcast or anything is, is Jim Ware. One, oh, okay. one of my, one of, one of my road dog buddies that, that sleeps in his, sleeps in his car and, and we've, uh, eaten a lot of fantastic meals and, and non-fantastic towns together. So, uh, Jim, Jim said he, he would be interested when I, when I talked to him the last time we stayed together at Gunner's World a couple weeks ago. So, um, I don't know if Jim will be the next one, but Jim, Jim's, Jim's on the docket. So, I got um, you, you know, it, it's, there, there's no shortage of people to, to talk to in this. I don't, that, I don't know Jim incredibly well, but, but, uh, I talked to him on the phone. I was, I was having issues with my 360 drive. I mean, he was just like, do this, do this, do this, do that, do this, do this, do this, call me and let me know. I mean, he's just a not, yeah. I'm just, I, I didn't Jim's spend much good. time with it, but he, and I know just what looking at his, his social media, you know, he's kind of, you know, I've kind of put myself in that category. He's got a knack for catching big ones. I mean, he tends to yeah. catch big ones and I, I always, I like to see people catch big ones. So <clears throat> good yeah. choice. Well, I appreciate you. I'm going to figure it. out how to, how to play us out of here and, and you got and it. get, get this squared away. So I, I appreciate you. You got it, man. We'll see you. Right. Thanks. Bye-bye. And uh, shout out to Eric for, for coming on here. I'm going to wrap us up here shortly. But like I said, there's a lot of people I, I appreciate for helping us out. Um, you know, this this is incredible. This is um, really exciting. I've, I've had a lot of fun getting this together. Um, hopefully we've got uh, an intro, an outro kind of a little different coming up. I've got... Um, uh, Abby possibly wanting to do something with, with trying to get us, get us an intro song together that kind of fits, fits my road dog style. And obviously I'm going to spend more time, uh, kind of learning how to work all this, this whole system. So, um, really excited. I can't wait to see, you know, and, and show you guys what all we're going to do with this. But for now, episode one road dog is out.